The Football Show on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports I'm prepared to end it and I can't well, do, it then. do it then What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should there be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Now then, Busy Football Show, later on, Pat Nevin, who was over in Ireland this week. He was being interviewed by Roddy Doyle at a book festival, but he caught Ireland-Scotland, so he's going to join us a little later on. Very happy to say, Dion Fanning from The Currency is in studio. Hello. Hi, Joe. How are you? Very well. So the boom to bus cycle that is the Republic of Ireland football manager. Boom time now. We're all partying now, Dion. Everyone partied. Uh, Celtic Tigers roaring. Michael Obafemi is leading a parade through Dublin. He's injured for tomorrow's game, we're hearing, but uh, it was an important win for Stephen Kenny. It was a very enjoyable performance. There's a sense that the uh, referendum that happens after most Stephen Kenny games has now been shelled once again. Yeah, it would be great to, um, you know, move from beyond the kind of boom and bust yeah. uh, um, and try and... And I don't think I don't think Stephen Kenny necessarily always helps himself with that and try and talk about it in terms of everything being a referendum because when you know and I noticed after the game on the Saturday he he comes out and starts again talking about this is what we're trying to do or we're trying to build something when you keep talking like that people are going to keep asking questions about what are you trying to build if when they don't see any evidence of anything mm. being built so sometimes I think it would be wise for him to simply just, uh, you know, as 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 Freud said, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Like sometimes a win, just take the win. Mm. Don't try and uh, imbue it with some symbolic kind of uh, example, or just or, or put it in the con- always putting it in the context of a bigger framework. Because then when things go wrong. People are also going to go, hold on, where's this frame? What are we building towards here if we're going to watch this rubbish? Mm. Um, but, I, you know, equally, I think we are, like, he is trying to build towards something. Um, and uh, I do feel that, uh, I don't know, it is very hard not to kind of think, okay, let's go down the road of talk about these things again. I think it is, um, I think there's an inevitability about a team of Ireland's level swinging from from boom to bust. Sure. Um, and we can talk about the tactics. We can talk about having an extra man in midfield. We can talk about all these things. Um, but there is also a reality about Irish teams forever uh, that you know, when there's been a crisis, when they're under pressure, not just Irish teams, but, you know, it is, it is a it is a characteristic of, of lots of teams who aren't who aren't great teams, that when they're under that kind of pressure, mm. they find a response. And I would also say that I think Scotland were uh, were made for them. Well, they were ripe for the picking. Yeah. On the floor, physically, emotionally, away from home. Yeah. You couldn't have dreamt of a better scenario. Hadn't realised how on the floor they were until we saw them actually pitch up. I was worried about the game in advance and then you realised they're all like Andy Robertson. They're all empty. Yeah, they were. And now again, a <laughs> uh, couple of the early chances go in and it, and it changes. And I think that is the thing about about Ireland playing Scotland. Um, 
they could play again next uh, Saturday mm. and it could be 3-0, 2-0, 3-0 to Scotland. Or at least be. if it's at Hamden, which it will be yeah, eventually. Yeah. So it's they are a team that, uh, and if you look at their record even, uh, you know, obviously they came second in their, in their World Cup group, but again, they're in a group that seems very familiar. You know, they're in a group at Denmark, they beat Austria. Mm. Um, they're, you know, we've got those kind of, their experience is very similar to ours. Like they, their Euro performance was, was pretty average. You know, you look at them then, you look at them against Ukraine, so this is a really average team. Mm. Um, and uh, now they have a couple of players, like Robertson being the standout one that you would put into the bracket, which I think is always the thing that differentiates teams at international level is just that one good player. Uh, and Robertson, would you would put down as that player because he's playing for Liverpool, but he looks, as you say, he looks spent right now. Mm, uh, yeah, so. I, he's played an extraordinary number of games, so he must just be on the floor tired. I mean, on the having a marvellous player to propel everything forward, we saw it for the first 10 minutes against Ukraine the other evening when Jason Knight seemed to just be inspired for those 10, 15 minutes and went out of the game somewhat. And then at the weekend, supported ably by, you know, a very good Malumbi performance and Troy Parrott, that brilliant run and that brilliant finish. But Obafemi, what he did was really extraordinary. Akin to when Callum Robinson was scoring hat-tricks and scoring multiple goals, you look at Obafemi and you do think, well, this is absolutely wonderful. It's not a sustainable model at the same time. We can't expect this of Obafemi on too regular basis, not least tomorrow when he's injured, but going forward generally. Yeah. That's why you can't get too excited by what happened at the weekend. And if McGinn takes that chance on 26 minutes before Parrott's goal in 27 minutes, who knows how the game... Uh, pans out so it was a great occasion and it's great for the manager but I agree with you I don't think this is well QED everyone look at us now no but I think again but I think it's more to do with uh, um, state of mind and perspective on it as well because um, Obafemi is a uh, a player who who should have a a decent enough future at international level because we're talking we're not talking about um, Premier League standard. We're not talking about Premier League standard for for anybody. We're not talking about Champions League standard. Let's be more specific. Like Champions League standard, top of the Premier League standard for anybody really here, including like all the way through and including Stephen Kenny, if you like, mm. who I think is the right man for the job. But he, he is the right man for the job for a number of reasons. He has a vision for it. He, he knows what he wants. Um, I think what he wants is, is the right thing to want. But also because Ireland need to kind of accept that there is no, uh, accept their own limitations. And so accept their own limitations in terms of what we're what we're shopping for. Like, you know, to go out and say, let's get in, uh, you know, know, like this is the thing whenever you say that, talk about Stephen Kenny, people say, well, there's better people out there. We could do this or we could do that. We've got a manager who who understands Irish football, who understands what it's about, who is worth persevering with. But it is a manager of a level where he's going to make mistakes, you know, and he's going to make mistakes that are going to be are going to be harder for him to are going to be are, are, like are exposed in a way that the mistakes he made in previous jobs weren't exposed and weren't analyzed and weren't dissected. And, and that any, must be a new experience. That, and you can see that sometimes. You yeah, know? I know. it was you quite know? striking actually looking at the Sunday papers on quite a few of the front pages yesterday morning. There was the quote from Stephen Kenny, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And so that is somebody who's aware of all the criticism. And 
the uh, microscopic looks at his decisions. Like, for instance, the point has been made that for the game yesterday, sorry, what day? Saturday, that uh, he made the changes and he got the changes right. And that's true. And then, But then there is the flip side of that coin, which is, which is really, does that expose the extent to which he got those decisions wrong in the previous two games? David Connolly was in this show a couple of weeks ago saying, put in Obafemi now for the, for the mm. Armenia game and the Ukraine game. The finish to his season is excellent. And Callum Robinson's not playing any football. Put Obafemi in. Mm. And then things like Knight dropping into midfield, that extra... A man in midfield against the Scots working so well and you think of that really um, you know that Ukraine midfield full of craft and how exposed Cullen was next to Hendrick and again a lack of energy in there which Malumbi provided at the weekend so you, 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 like, this isn't Kenny's first month or two in the job he knows all of these players he knows the requirements he knows the demands you'd have to say in hindsight Yes, he, he, he rectified some mistakes but there's a fair argument that there actually were mistakes against Ukraine and Armenia Yeah, of course there were um, but, but he's not the only manager, uh, you know, like we, we go, we, we come away from Manchester City in the Champions League talking about Pep Guardiola's uh, sure. selection mistakes. Um, I think, again, he's going to make mistakes. I think you're dealing with with players who, uh, not, but not just because of their own uh, limitations, but because of also the nature of international football, you can't be sure what you're going to get from it, from players. In terms of the quality. In terms of the, and the, and totally the agree. Yeah. And the consistency of yeah. performance. Yeah. And, and you know, you say pick up a family instead of Robinson, which looks like the right thing now, but we were talking about Robinson. Robinson was the hero uh, until, you know, these matches are now. Like it's like, the, oh my God, I, we're stuck with... No, absolutely right. And I think Robinson absolutely had enough credit in the bank to be picked against Armenia. And I, yeah, but, and I would have been arguing... At that point, you wonder, though, after that game, the, the, the evidence there. Maybe Ukraine had a punt, but, I mean, it really was a bit of a punt. It was questionable then. But I would have been arguing... Uh, um, and like this is this is a very example of argue, admitting that, you know, with hindsight, what I would have argued beforehand yeah, would have yeah. been wrong. Uh, but I would have been arguing the opposite of what David Connolly was saying and saying, forget about what they're doing at their clubs. The manager should be picking on the basis of what they've done for him. Mm. And I think that is one of, again, we need to get away in general, I think, from the idea of the, let's see who the, who's, what, you know, our, our, put it this way, we need to form our, the basis of our, our side on the basis of what they do at international level. See, it's funny. I'm. I, it depends who I'm talking to. I either come across as very down on the team or very up on the team. So I'm sort of playing devil's advocate at touch with different people because with Connolly yesterday, when he reiterated that point, mm. I did say, but hang on, you did play in a team where Jason McAteer is picked when his club form at Blackburn yeah. is on the floor and he's been turfed out of there. And you saw what he did because Mick was loyal to him and, and he upped his game for Ireland. So many you, you've seen that firsthand. But how many times has that been described as, you know, a stroke of psychological genius? Well, precisely. From he, 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 he ensured the loyalty of those players because at the first mm. time they are when they encountered trouble at their clubs Mick didn't go yes. you're out son and, and Conley, and, Conley accepted that and then just said but I still sort of think you should have picked up a Femi so you know these are the these are the intricacies of being an international but, manager yeah, when you but can't the, win but they also yeah and they also come along I, I he, it, we, we don't know but if he picked now I think I think Malumbi was a key selection yeah uh, and you know there's there is a and you, you know you have to you know Obafemi the difference he made and the energy he brought and the and the 
the level of skill he brought uh, obviously make a difference. But I think there are um, there are so many unknowns with any international with any Irish international t- team performance. Like that is what Kenny you want to get. You want him to building towards something where you go, okay, we know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, like and he's you know we know he's going we know there's going to be a, some kind of degree of consistency of performance. Um, and that is something that is going to take longer. And I think, you know, with the players we have, it's just something you almost have to kind of uh, accept as well. Like, OK, there's going to be like, uh, you know, or else we are like I and I think and I this isn't a kind of um, blind defense of of Stephen Kenny like but I like and I like I think it, it, you again you have to negotiate quite a fine line between saying this is what we should expect with the players we have and equally saying we can do something more with the players we have than we were told we were led to believe when we didn't play any football mm, mm. Uh, I think the most dispiriting thing about the Armenia and Ukraine performances was that, that sense that it sort of had Knocked the uh, the feel good kind of factor out of out of out of Ireland again, um, which kind of also demonstrates that it's pretty brittle that feel good factor. Yeah, because it's it's back. Uh, like I was at uh, my son's mini World Cup uh, on Sunday morning, and again everyone was talking about Ireland Scotland, and people who were there, you know, were talking about what an incredible atmosphere it was. Everyone was buzzing off the back of the game on Saturday. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, and we were, and that seemed gone. That seemed lost after the uh, Ukraine game. Yeah. So it is, it is a, it is a process where it's going to, it's going to, it's going, this is going to happen. Sure. Like there are certain things with what Kenny is trying to do, which I think most people g- accept and give him a lot of rope. I'm talking about the three chances gifted to Scotland in the first 25, 26 minutes. We're trying to play a, progressive brand of football we have a certain calibre of player they're going to be put under pressure things will go wrong and you're hoping that over the course of a tenure the effort to play progressive football there outweighs the sloppy goal or two we're invariably going to concede and it's going to be a bad moment and that's going to happen and that's that's kind of that's what I'm willing to go with when it comes to Kenny as opposed to what we were doing under previous management which was just refusing to play football a lot but I suppose what jumped out against Scotland and, and where there's a real legitimate criticism of this team, the biggest difference against Scotland, the tactical innovation for sure, like the, the, the movement of, of, of Knight into midfield helped and Malumbi's energy, but it's that energy. So I, I, I turned on the game. I was at the Ukraine game. I was at Crow Park on Saturday. I came home and I watched the game and I knew the result. But straight away what jumped out instantly in the first minute was the energy of Ireland without the ball, the mm. aggression. I mean, think of... Obafemi's third goal it comes from aggression mm. and it comes from pressure and there is part of me that, that does wonder if there is because there are you know there's a there's a great story where um, Anthony Daly was uh, picking the brain of Joe Schmidt and, and you know Schmidt was asking well different pre-match routines and things you do and, and I think Daly had said that well on the bus I go through I, and I don't want to misquote Anthony here but this is my memory of it the 10 things to that we're really going to focus on in the game. Mm. And Joe Schmidt's sense was the 10 things. If you can get two of them to stick yeah. in their brain, good. And I think there is something in this Irish team where we're watching this big transition and they're very, very, very focused on keep possession, 
play here, they're my shape. And I think at times they forget to be awful to play against. Yeah, yeah. And we were awful to play against out of possession at the weekend. And for me, that has been a big complaint, a legitimate complaint under Kenny. And like Keith Andrews, brilliant, tenacious midfielder on his day. It was lovely to see Ireland really get after Scotland. And I don't think we, like against Ukraine, but that, was, was not, that was a yeah, cake ride for Ukraine. See, that was a what, sorry? Cake ride. I mean, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. it was just it, Ukraine on the ball had all the time they wanted. There was nobody getting into them. But is that not like... And I don't think that ever goes out of fashion. I don't think Keane smacking over Mars. I don't think Malumbi tackling but, players but, but, ever goes out of fashion. But how often, like, that, that, that is again the, 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 the boom and bust of Irish football that predates uh, Stephen Kenny. Like, you know, we, we, like, if you look at, look at Paris in, 2000 and, in 2009 yeah. versus the first leg. Yeah. You know, Everything about that. Now there was, you know, for whatever reason, there was a, a, a liberation. Okay, maybe it wasn't like the, but they, they were on the front foot mm. in different ways, and that is again a, a function of teams who feel they've got nothing left to lose, you know. And I think there was something about that Ireland team, like you're kind of, well, you're back to the wall. You're kind of right. Okay, we've got to go out and fight now, and the, and everything else then becomes kind of secondary to this kind of we've got to do that and I think like Terry Venables used to say it's a bit like the Joe Smith Terry Venables used to say the last thing you tell them is the first thing they forget yeah no I get that and but, I think that but, that happened like that stuff is again it's it's hardwired into the into the into Irish footballers and when when it's required and when it's like okay you can imagine what it was like on Saturday after the week they'd had it's mm-hmm. like, go out there and put your mark on it yeah and they do that straight away and then that everything else follows from it. Yeah, I take that point, but they still tried to play football. I mean, they still gave the ball away playing out from the back three times. They still stuck to the Kenny principles. It wasn't, we're hoofing everything forward, we're getting them turned and we're going to put them under physical pressure. They still stuck to the principles, but, but, crucially, there was more energy about it. And like you're saying, when it's backs to the wall, I accept that. Are their backs to the wall? Are they, their backs are pretty much against the wall in Poland, I would think, against this Ukraine side. There should be the same fight there. Yeah, you would like to think so, but I think that's what I mean. I think there is a psychological element uh, that um, makes it, you know, in on in on those on those nights in those situations, it makes that uh, fight makes it easier to bring it to the surface. Totally. You know, yeah. it's an emotional think, yeah, state. Yeah, yeah. And, like, and and I think when it's sort of you go into Armenia after however mon- many months it was without a game, and it's like okay, here we are in June playing Nations League. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you start off badly and you start off slowly, and the game just lacks anything. Like nobody, nobody. I feel sorry for analysts and people who have to go through and w- watch that match again you know what I mean like <laughs> nobody ever wants to watch that match again yeah and and again and that's also an interesting thing about the last you know those two games which slightly different from other Stephen Kenny games where they've been enjoyable to watch no matter what was happening yeah those they weren't but I think that energy again you want that you want that as a given but I think they, they're a group of players where that's going to that's going to ebb and flow as well. Because they're just human beings, or because they're bad pros. <laughs> Are they the only? They're the only two two options. No. Um, no, I think because that's just reality. I think it happens for 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 lots of teams. I think it's. Uh, I think it's probably more difficult in international football to maintain it when you're 
when you have those gaps, when you have, uh, I think it was a surprise it didn't happen against Ukraine after mm-hmm. Armenia. I think that's probably what uh, um, surprised people. That, was the, that was the worrying one for me. Yeah. Arme- Armenia didn't worry me because at times low block, men behind the ball, it's a low scoring sport. It just happens. Mm. We see it happen all the time. That was frustrating. But Ukraine was the worrying one, which yeah. is why this Scottish performance is so welcoming. I think I think after that Ukraine result, more so the performance, there was an air of wondering, is this actually getting yeah. a bit sticky now? Yeah. Did, you not th- did you not think? I did. I like. Um, but again, that's sort of. Uh, I did something with you guys on on the morning after it, and like you know, we we're talking about it, and I was like, okay, let's just stick. With, I I was sort of wasn't. I didn't. You know, you, it's funny how the media. Not blame, but like the meat, like how things accelerate into right. Let's now have a conversation sure. about Stephen Kenny. Again. Sure, it's not. It doesn't necessarily have to be the conversation. And again, that's also uh, a function. Like we we don't have a huge amount. We talked. We talked about this before. There isn't a huge amount to talk about. You know, there isn't a huge amount that people find. <laughs> um, that are, are like it's not. It's not. Is Roy Keane going to show up today? You know what I mean? It's not as Roy Keane gone home. Mm. It's not, uh, you know, it, it will, like Robbie Keane is, you know, it's not, we don't have those personalities that, ca- you know, that, that really capture people's attention. So I think it's just something just, you know, we're drawn sometimes to talking about the manager and that, and, you know, and okay, after two defeats like that, that's going to happen. Mm. But um, I was kind of slightly surprised that we kind of got there again no, again, did, I don't. Did think we st- get there though? Like, who was? I didn't hear anybody say, "Well, this this puts Stephen Kenny on the back foot." I mean, no, he, I he, he needs to. No, he needs to. His, his position is up for discussion again. Was. Who who was saying that? It was on some of the papers, like the papers on some of the papers on Saturday before the Scotland game, were saying it's uh, uh, you know that the members of the, the, the some members of the board were concerned about what the way it was going. Um, but would, I think was it was concern, not a good state to be in. After like that's concern. That's that's. I, but there, there nicely was, there were, I might be wrong, but I'm I'm sure there were sort sort of you know if they if they lose these two games, if they lost Scotland and uh, yeah, and in in Poland against Ukraine, if they lost those two games, he'd be well, I mean, there'd it, be questions. It wouldn't have been good. No, it wouldn't have been good. And maybe they were right to have that conversation. But what I'm what I'm saying is there aren't. There aren't like you know we can talk about Obafemi, you know Robinson, all these kind of things. Yeah. But how um, it's not Sexton versus O'Gara or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't it doesn't capture the imagination. Sure. The way some of the great sporting debates do, because the players are you know all trying their best and all. Mm. But there's no there's no there aren't there's not, it's not even a, like pick Wes Hula and pick Andy Reid. It's not even that level. The players are being there, so like this is what we and everything funnels towards uh, any result just turning into a kind of referendum on the manager. Now, as I said, I don't think a manager helps himself clearly with you know decisions he makes at times, and also with uh, you know trying to frame everything as uh, a kind of either a demonstration of how well of how well they're building towards something because. That is creating a hostage to fortune for the times when when that doesn't happen. Mm. But um, it's uh, it is kind of I think it is where 
what we what we have to kind of stick to. Yeah. So, what's uh, result or performance tomorrow, which falls within the parameters of yeah, that's who we are. That's uh, about what we can hope for. It's one one, isn't it? No, well, no, but I, but actually, to your point. I think Ireland can lose tomorrow and it's no great disgrace or not a particularly worrying issue if it's in the right way. Yeah. Like um, away from home, sort of, neutral venue, but away from home and presumably a lot of the Ukraine frontliners will come back mm. and their B team wasn't half bad. Yeah. So uh, Ireland without Obafemi, you could see you could see 2-0 and that shouldn't lead to... No, but I could also see Ireland playing, I think, uh, a team at home attacking Ireland giving them some chance to uh, get behind them mm. uh, I think you could see uh, it's 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 a game that's a bit more suited to that spirited oh my God, you're setting us up to fail here now well, I'm setting us up for a 1-1 one, one. I'm trying to talking up a 1-1 <laughs> one, one. you know I'm, I'm yeah. just I'm just as I'm saying this I'm just picturing a glorious 1-1 one, one. which wouldn't be uh, dreadful so I, I suppose the other thing which happens with this team as well uh, quite a bit is now oh well we found the solution it's Obafemi up front it's mm. a third man in midfield we've cracked the code and that's always misguided as well we're, we'll play different types of opposition we're going to have injuries there'll be different demands I, I mean this now shouldn't be necessarily the way Ireland set up no matter what until we reach another point in the road where the pressure's on and we have to pull something out of the hat I've no problem if Stephen Kenny mixes and matches and, and, and uh, changes personnel and doesn't necessarily have three in midfield against different opposition. Yeah, I think three in midfield does make sense. I, but I also does make sense, but I also think the who the three are. I think Malumbi coming in for Hendrick yeah. did make a uh, huge difference. Huge difference. Now, when Ireland do have the ball, Malumbi doesn't really get forward in the way that Knight does. So... It was almost asymmetrical at times. He had, there was a real overload on the left-hand side and McLean was full of energy and mm. verve as well and, and a bit of quality as well, whereas Malumbi tends to sit. But I think given what he contributes in terms of energy, that's probably a price worth paying because Hendricks had a good year for Ireland. I mean, he's so often yeah. dismissed and even in the past week, at times he looked the most likely to play a telling pass to unlock a defence. But I suppose... I don't know if he gives you. Well, if you're talking about that ener- energy, and you're talking about that uh, setting a. T- well, again, maybe that's the debate we should be having. Maybe it should be uh, maybe the O'Gara versus Sex. Hendrick or Malumbi. Hendrick versus Malumbi. Um, we'll put it in the headline and see how many views it gets. How about that? <laughs> uh, but th- there is that issue with Hendrick where there's such. There, there is the, the nagging sense of a player in there. Well, yet, he's a very. Really, he's always been. He's, uh, he's always been a really elegant player who's capable of doing uh, you know creative things um, but it, it is accompanied by a sense and I think I don't think it's it's correct in terms of what, what he is doing but it's correct uh, he has a casual he gives a sense of casualness I think yeah. that uh, makes it very easy for people including myself to be critical of him um, I don't you know it's 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 not how he is but it just he has that air which is probably why he's able to do the creative things that he does mm. but um, I think in the you know when you're so you have that on one side and then you have Malumbi bringing you that energy and that bite mm. uh, and what you go for what you go for maybe again is 
opposition dependent. Probably. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and then, but then you talk about McLean. Like McLean had one of his best ever games for Ireland. Mm. Uh, like that, you know. And so things like that. Um, like ninety-five caps in. Ninety-three. Found the answer. Yeah, I know. Well, that's it. Or ninety-three or whatever. And how many people felt this is like James McLean is going to be the solution? How many people's heart sank? when they saw the team that like okay how many of these people like we would see like this is you know where's where's the where's the future yeah you know um, well I've heard then, through the grapevine that he really surprised management right they probably went in along similar lines to your line of thinking there and then this guy's in terms of his application quality fitness bit of speed that you name it but he's, this, you know so like this that again comes back to this idea of like it being, you know, again, it's not just, it's, I don't want to say that it's, that it's a function of just the Ireland team or the level they're at, because it's, you know, you can go through mm. all, all sorts of, all te- lots of teams where the same thing happens, but nobody would have said, you know, okay, let's let's pick that team and you're actually going to get, okay, you get, you, you know what you're going to get in terms of work rate and approach and attitude, but actually for so much of the good attacking stuff to be coming from McLean as well, you know, I don't think it's unfair to say that surprised people. I think to the level that it happened on Saturday, uh, and it was great. And as I said, it was one of I really is up there with his one of his best performances. Yeah, he's for a Ireland. lot of quality. Can we finish on a, a very positive note? Okay. This kid Troy Parrott is having this lovely knack of being able to score goals at a young age yeah. at international level and really high quality goals. Mm. So if his last two are the Lithuania winner, and then the goal that Obafemi set up and, and, and his run, the quality of his run has been underestimated vastly. Yeah. It was like it was a great pass and, and well executed pass on Obafemi's part. But I mean, the run created the whole scenario and he just finished so calmly. I mean, this is, uh, I know it, it, he hasn't exploded at Spurs, but this is very promising now. It is. And I, I it's great because like you think of the pressure that's been on Troy yeah. Paris. Uh to be the next big thing, to be that player and everything again. You know, we talk about people being scrutinised, like that scrutiny to be under. Uh, and you, it, it, it took some time with that pressure to, to see that. And maybe the fact that, it, the you know, the spotlight has gone in, in slightly different directions and he's come into the team uh, under the radar a little bit, not with that same level of expectation. Mm. And now he's doing it is great for him and it is exciting and I don't think again to go back to what we were talking about earlier I don't care from an Ireland point of view it doesn't matter what happens to him at club level like this is just get this player out there and keep him if you know and I think Stephen Kenny is the ideal man I think Stephen Kenny will understand him will will know how to get the best out of Mm -hmm. him and uh, again it may not be every game but he is a player, you know, that that run, um, that run was exceptional. Exceptional. You know, it it really, really was. It really was yeah, exceptional. It was and exceptional. like, and it was a thing of beauty, the whole thing and the ball, obviously. But then for that run and then to be able to, you know, just <laughs> to not even have to break his stride for any of that, just continue with the celebration. It was one of those, it was just a gold, thrilling moment. Yeah. Thrilling yeah. moment. Yeah. As, as thrilling, uh, if not more thrilling, even than the, the Obafemi goal. I agree with you. Yeah. In some it's more heartening. It's more repeatable. Yeah. It'll never happen again. <laughs>
<laughs> so Ireland to win comfortably in Poland and we'll uh, discuss over the next couple of days uh, Dion Fanning from The Currency thanks so much for coming in appreciate Thank it Football on Off The Ball With Sky Proud partner of our women's national football team Out Believe together And we can go anywhere Oh yeah Nicola Sturgeon, Andy Murray, William Wallace, David Livingston, Mary Queen of Scots, Alex Ferguson, Ewan McGregor. Your boys took one hell of a beating. Pat Nevin, your boys. Oh man. Easiest game we've ever had, I think. You're of uh, Spain and Belgium and <laughs> anybody else you care to mention. They were. Ireland were brilliant um, and Scotland were just rank there was one of the worst performances ever was hardly a Scottish player I can't think of one but I thought yeah you were alright you had a good game you played up to your ability uh, it was a mess and even the gaffer Clarkie didn't really get it right and didn't change the things that he had to change quick enough um, there was a lot of different things that went wrong there but I mean, first of all Ireland deserved to win there was no complaints Um and I can hear the shock in your own voice because you've never seen it coming either. <laughs> no, I was very worried. I thought we would be having very different conversations on this show after that Scotland game because we were in a grim enough place, it seemed. So I was reading uh, different Scottish reporters, even in the papers yesterday. I saw a Gary Keown in the Mail on Sunday and, man, he sharpened his knife and just hatcheted Steve Clark, called the whole thing a disgrace and said Steve Clark very snippy with the media all week and there are questions now over his long-term future would that be the general refrain in Scotland this Ukraine defeat has turned up the heat in Steve Clark no that's just Scotland <laughs> it's just what happens every time um, we've had a, a long list of managers and it doesn't matter who they are if there's a couple of defeats in a row it doesn't matter who it is you get hammered mm. and you, you just expect it and it's, it's going to happen um, and it's always digging the manager. And in the midst of it, I, I often say the same thing and have done for probably eight managers in a row. Isn't it amazing that it's always the manager's fault? Yeah. Maybe there's something else wrong. You know, maybe if you look a wee bit closer, and I've had everyone from Watty Smith to Alan McLeish to, you know, lots and lots of managers. And suddenly it's always the manager's fault. He's an idiot. And you think, actually, it might be something else. And it might be strength and depth of the, the squad. Now, for Scotland, and, and read some of this for Ireland as well, if you're going to do well, you need every single one of your players available. You need them all playing at their very, very best, and you need the tactics to go well, and you need a little bit of luck on top of it. Scotland have had that for about I mean, an incredible amount of time under Stevie Clark. And then there was a defeat against Ukraine, where they didn't play well. Mm. They sneaked one against Armenia, who were rotten, and then against Ireland, stunk again in reality if you stand back and look at it Stevie Clark still got an amazing amount out of that group they managed to get to the Euros which we hadn't done for generations so they can shout and ball and Stephen can say what he likes and, and you know what and every right to say it because it was a terrible performance but who are you going to get in next because you can bring Pep Guardiola in he's going to have still the same problems there and the problems are 
Uh, certainly, end of the season, a lot of those players were wrecked. They were gone. I mean, honestly, that John McGinn. I mean, who is that? I was going to say it looked like his brother was playing. I've watched John McGinn's brother. He's better than that. He's loads better than that. <laughs> the whole bunch of McGinn's that are better than that. And you looked all the way through the team, and there wasn't anyone up for it. Um, they, they looked as if you know, even Robertson, probably the one that was closest to being. Closer to his best, but still wasn't there at his best. But then again, he wasn't getting a lot of help. And all the way through it, you thought, you know, had a little bit of luck. And there was a moment, and this is not an excuse, there was a moment just before the second Irish goal. Yeah. There was a brilliant chance from again. Keeper beaten, you know, Keller, he wasn't even five yards from it. And it slipped past the post. 30 seconds later, was it? And it's 2 0. And it's game over, and the confidence that went through the Irish team. Maybe it's gotten got that they've got a lift, but it's all it's too many ifs and maybes. And after that, it was just the confidence. You saw the confidence in the Irish team. I, th- I thought from there on in, players. Like, I thought Parrot was was exceptional. Uh, Obafemi, obviously. Mm. I, I said um, as soon as he scored his goal, I said if if anybody else gets man of the match in this game, I'm walking out. And I'm never coming back because mm. you can't give anyone else for his pass, for his, his assist. If, if De Bruyne does that, you go, wow. You absolutely go, wow. And then that, he absolutely leathered that. And it, do you know, did, I was going to say, did you watch it again? Of course you did. And of course every Irishman did. If you watch it in slow motion, you think, why did the keeper not save that? Honestly, on the pitch at the game on the day it was moving all over the place and it was a rocket that was unbelievable it was unstoppable but you could sit and look at it in slow motion and think oh I wonder what was wrong there didn't happen in slow motion um, so there was there's no excuses for Scotland they played terribly they look as if they're at the, the end of their abilities and I've been trying to find reasons and it's hard the best I could come up with you know, you stick with stick with me in this one right <laughs> This is just a Scottish point of view. There's a lot of players in that team. Like they've not got, they need everyone, and they certainly, you know, miss anyone who's not there. They will miss. Um, but was Robertson his best? No, he was knackered at the end of the season. And I started looking through it. McGregor almost disappeared, but he's a long, long season. And I started looking through the rest of it. McGinn, he he, he almost didn't look fit, and he's falling. In a moment, if we've got time, can we go back to McGinn? Because there's a technical point that boy needs to learn, and, and it hurts me to say it, because he's one of my favourite players, and I, I bored on about him for a long time. But he's got to do something. He's just, something he's doing wrong now, and he's got to change it. It's got, someone's got to tell him. Um, so I just think they look like an exhausted team, and uh, Ireland got them on the wrong day. I think a Hamden Park when it comes around again. Don't expect it as easy. Trust me, it no. won't be. No, I suspect you're right. I, I, the air must just have gone out of everything after that Ukraine defeat. Yeah, it, it did, and you know the World Cup was waiting. If you look at some of the players, I mean, for for Robertson, you know, what an end of the season to him. You know, mm-hmm. no World Cup and Champions League defeat, uh, and and again maybe coming back from injury a wee bit as well. Um, not absolutely very very best, uh, but there's quite a lot of them. Hanley, you can say he's been relegated. I mean, it's, it sounds like excuses, I and mean, and to some degree, it is excuses, but they had been right up at. 95 to 98 to 99 percent of their capabilities for match after match after match, and see when they drop, the miles away. Yeah, well, uh, Ireland similarly. 
any drop is yeah. going to be magnified massively because yeah it was just strange to read all those pieces really being so critical of Steve Clark even at the weekend given where Scotland were just in November and the Denmark result and Hamden together and it all looked like you guys were going places so it's hard quite to know where Scotland are then going forward I in the short that's, that's the gig though no it's sure. just the gig the, every media is different every media is different and the Scottish media that's just the accepted way of it Clarkie was getting that at the start as well from quite a few people right. you know and and then he was a god, and now he's terrible, you know. And he, as long as you, you stand back a little bit, look down and think, right, is he getting the best out of that group? Now, if I'm going to be ultra-critical of him, there was a couple of changes made in the Ukraine game that I called at half-time, and he didn't make them until a, a bit later, you know. And, and I, I'm not I'm nowhere near Clarkie's abilities as a coach, but they probably needed to be made earlier. And similarly in this game, you're you're down at half time. You can't stay with the back three. It's not working. Your midfield's getting absolutely destroyed. You need to take a centre and a half off. And he made a change, you know, a technical change, but it didn't change the shape of the team. And then changed it to exactly what was needed with ten minutes to go. And you're thinking, that's clearly what we needed. Mm. You know, long time before that. Um, so he's made a lot of brilliant decisions, but no manager gets it right all the time. And I think it's, it's hard to talk negatively about one of your friends, but I have to be absolutely open. He was a bit slow with the changes, but I'd love to I'd love to talk to him about it, which I will do actually eventually. Mm. Quite interesting as well, and Andy Robertson said they were right to do it, but even the Scottish fans booed the team off the pitch as well. I mean, geez, you're a demanding bunch. It's for like, there, there, there mm. is that parallel with us, this small country and the navel gazing and the we're not good mm. enough. And it was kind of, it was very striking to watch the unhappiness with this team who had reached a World Cup playoff. Um, yeah, and it's considering it's it has been much better now. I think what they felt is we're going somewhere. They could see a very slow but steady rise in quality. And you thought, well, wait a minute. A lot of these players are either in the English Premier League or for Celtic, some you know, Rangers, whatever. They're playing at top levels. There's some players you know, that are come from abroad as well. And they're playing with good teams. And you think, ah, finally... We've got a team that can be absolutely competitive. Now, if Scotland had lost 1-0 and battled and played well and created chances, the Scotland fans wouldn't have done that. They, I promise you they would not have done that. They're knowledgeable. They just thought, actually, that was that was pathetic. Yeah. And they'd made such a big effort to get there. And I don't actually think the Scotland players or even Stevie Clark will complain about that. I, I actually don't think they will. There was a piece by um, Craig Gordon in the newspaper that I read today, and he was saying it was unacceptable, it was the worst. And he wasn't just doing that to garner favour, because he's not like that. He's, he's a Scotland fan himself, and so are a lot of the players. And they will absolutely accept a performance like that. If it's against a top world-class side, and I do want to be as respectful as possible, then you take, you take it in the chin. But it was Ireland. We know what Ireland had been like. Mm. and They hadn't been great recently we should be competitive against Ireland. We weren't. We weren't even close. What's the McGinn technical point? Right, OK, so everybody knows what he's, he's, this, this thing he does where he leans his backside into people, right? We've all seen it. It's a, it's a great move. It's, he's really good at it. And we all applauded it and, and to some degree laughed at it as well. Don't get addicted to it. Don't do it every time the ball comes to you. Don't put yourself in a position where that's the move. Because people, footballers aren't stupid. They really aren't stupid. And coaches aren't stupid. They'll say, okay, this will happen. Let them roll you and let the next guy take it. Because 
that's what you're going to do. When a watchman getting his very best, and I, I mean, and it's not, you know, two years ago, it's very recently. He does that when it's on, but he's also breaking with pace through midfields. You know, he's using that skill to be facing the, the not always with his back to goal. And when I say goal, I mean in his own half, he also adapts his position to be bringing, excuse me, bringing past people as well. Mm. And the last couple of games, Ukraine game is very noticeable and I commented on it then and very much so in the, in the Ireland game as well. And I, I know that feeling. If you've got a move that works really well and it works for quite a wee while, you, you, you do get a bit addicted to it. You think, well, I'll do this all the time. But you cannot do it consistently against top players because they will get it. There's a, there's a young there's a lad um, playing for Chelsea, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, does, does a similar kind of mm. a version of that move. And in the Europa League, it looks brilliant. And then you try it again in the Premier League and people go, yeah, we've, we've seen that. Mm. People are not stupid. You need to be adaptable. You need to change. You don't do the same things. Now, to be honest, I think it may be tiredness. Maybe he hasn't got that spark of explosion in his body at the moment because of the tiredness at the end of the season and he is an incredibly hard worker and by the way I'm only ever hard on good players <laughs> I'm only ever hard on good players mm. and that's why I'm saying it and I just hope that Stevie G ever gets a hold of him and says right okay stop doing that quite as much get, get the other parts of your game right when he did it once or twice he ended up in brilliant positions and he nearly scored and he had two weak shots but at least shots on target but he needs to get rid of that. Not get rid of that for his game, but know when to use it. Yeah. Um, and it, I hope someone talks to him. In fact, next time I see it in an airport, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get a thought on Ireland from you then before you go. So to give you the general context, there is a boomer, bust, feast or famine referendum uh, feel to every game under Stephen Kenny for uh, such a long time now. And he got off to the, you know, the first year under... Uh, COVID conditions was abysmal. I mean, it was really abysmal. And he was given a lot of rope because he's trying to bring in lots of new players and he's trying to play a more progressive style of football. And look, you mentioned that McGinn chance of 26 minutes, like three times in the first 26 minutes. Scotland were gifted chances as Ireland tried to play out from the back. And again, there's a lot of rope being given to this team and this manager. And But, like, you know, the, the, the questions stem from different things. Are the players good enough to play that type of football? Uh, this manager is coaching at the highest level he's ever coached at before, you know, akin to a, a Solskjaer when there's a step backwards, there's a, oh, is he the right, you know, is he the right man? That kind of cycle is happening. And over the past week, the performances were very lifeless, uh, but against Scotland, there was certainly more energy and there was an extra man in midfield. Jason Knight dropped into midfield out of possession and Ireland looked a bit better in that respect. And uh, look, Obafemi did his thing and Parrott did his thing. Is Obafemi going to have a pass? assist and a strike like that every game doesn't feel that sustainable so look we are where we are as well but that's the general context for you so what do you make of, of Ireland of the Ireland you saw at the weekend um, I'm, I'm sure everyone's seen the same and you've kind of mentioned it that inability to play well out of the back Scotland weren't able to capitalise but others will good teams will do you. Yeah. you you won't be able to do that because there were so many players ahead of the ball when they get caught out there you put good players in that position and they will destroy it. And I know that Stephen's not going to change. He's going to keep on doing that, even against very, very good teams. So that's your problem. The difficulty being, if you're going to try, if you try anything else, it looks regressive. If you keep on trying that, it's going to take a while and you're going to have to get players that 
are better at it and are more comfortable in the ball when they're not just the players, the three that are playing out from the back, but also the ones in midfield, they can take the ball under extreme pressure. And they, they didn't look great, some of them, in that situation, and they were easy to nick. Scotland's most dangerous position in the entire game was when Ireland's back three had the ball. Mm. That's when we were our most dangerous, and mm. that should not be the case. Um, so I have to say I'm in a dilemma about it because I, being a fan of Man City and being a fan of Pep and being a fan of the Cruyff method, I want you to do it. But it's going to be a long road. Uh, that's a nice little step along that road. But I'll tell you what, it's not, all go- it's not all going to be forward way if you're going to do it that way because good ke- good teams will they'll do you. They absolutely will do you. So, you know, and particularly Ukraine. You know, I think Ukraine, at their best, they're a technically very, very good side. It's going to be very difficult for Ireland against them. If you do that and don't do it well, you're going to get done. Mm. Nations League generally, is it floating your boat? Um, it's kind of hard to get off it a wee bit when for two, two big problems. I mean, fed up with the friendlies, so Nations League concept, get it. I absolutely get it. But when you're mixing it with the World Cup and the World Cup, you think, well, wait a minute, really? Mm. And asking players to play this amount of games. I mean, the game's tomorrow night. I mean, Scotland travelling to Armenia. When those players have been, they've been gone for about three weeks now. And you've asked them to play these games that are supposedly incredibly important. It's just wrong. Now, you're asking too much of them. And that's why you now and again get stinking performances. And you get them from Ireland, you get them from Scotland, you might get them from Ukraine. I mean, Armenia beat Ireland, didn't they? Um, they sure did. But Scotland played against Armenia. Honestly, I can't believe how Ireland lost them because Armenia were that bad. It's just you're asking teams to play games when the players have just completely gone at the end of the season. They need rests. The whole concept was to make fewer games and give more rests You know, by taking away the friendlies. It's not worked. It's, not, it's just not happening. The players are getting driven into the ground and it's 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 just not right. And I, I'm, I don't think they've found the answer by using the Nations League because of mostly because of these games at this part of the season. It's the wrong time. Mm. Short and sweet tonight. Thanks so much. Yeah. Um, like, can I like to have one more word? Oh, please, yeah. I know you were in uh, Ireland, I should say. I know you've referenced you were at the game over the weekend. I was at the game at the weekend. I had a brilliant time. But I was also down at the book festival in Boris House, which is down in uh, Carlo. Oh, yeah. And John Ronson was at that, wasn't it? Oh, you would not believe it. My new mates... Um, David Putnam and Stephen Frears. Uh, I was talking to Edel Coffey, who I know is a name in, in the country as well. Danny Kelly has uh, been a great mate of mine and I did some stuff with him, but unbelievable names that were at this festival. Um, I, I turned around at one point, point and I bumped into somebody and it was my favourite actress on the planet. <laughs> it's like Ruth Wilson. And I'm like, I can't believe this in this tiny little part of Ireland. I have to say, I spent three days and they are possibly the most enjoyable three days I've had in the past three years. Uh, Honestly, if if you ever get a chance to go to the Boris House Festival and you're interested in the arts, books, whatever, wow. And and by the way, you'll find it difficult because it sells out every year. What a fantastic... I thought I was in a movie for three days. (laughs) What a magical three days. And you know how good it was? It was so good that I didn't even get depressed by Scotland getting beat 3 now. Well, what more can you say? Geez, sold. I'll have to make a point of swinging by next year if I can. That's fabulous. Mm. Uh, thanks so much. Appreciate it. 
Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Pat and Evan with us on this Monday evening. The football show is brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BD Sport and Premier Sports. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports 